Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I'm your host, Amy from Amy Natalie Co., spiritual teacher, mindset coach, and speaker. I'm here to remind you how to tap into your feminine frequency to elevate your relationships, attract more money, and feel confident in your body. Each week, I'll be sharing wisdom from guest experts and guided meditations, along with my favorite spiritual mindset techniques so that you can access abundance, love, and manifest a life that is in alignment with your soul's true desires. Let's do this, sister. Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I am so grateful to have you here today with my beautiful guest, Samantha Daly, where we are going to talk all things manifesting, subconscious reprogramming, and developing deeper self-trust. Before we get started, I just want to take a moment to thank all of the women who joined me for my Embody Your Feminine workshop on Monday. I am still feeling so expanded and lit up by the powerful shares and the transformations that happened in that workshop. And one of the things that I really want to highlight is that in just a 90-minute session, the depth of connection and vulnerability that was created within this sisterhood was so, so powerful. My heart was just blasted open and I was so grateful to see how after an Embody session, how deep and meaningful the shares were within this community. So I'm going to be hosting one more public Embody Your Feminine workshop. It's going to be at the end of October, so keep your ears open for that. And after that, I will be transitioning into my empowered and embodied six-month deep dive group coaching container for feminine leaders where you will be able to go more on a embodiment journey within a small group and have support and coaching from me. So that's what's coming your way if you want to find out more about the Embody Your Feminine workshop that's coming up and or doing some deep dive coaching with me starting in January. Please go ahead and send me a message on Instagram. You can find me at Amy Natalie Co. And I'm excited to introduce our guest for today, uh, Samantha, and she is a life and mindset coach, yoga instructor, and wellness blogger from New York. Her journey into the world of self-development began after she graduated college and decided to take the untraditional path by turning down her corporate job offers and moving to Europe. She packed her life in two suitcases and left everything behind to explore the world, expand her mind, and find her purpose. Now, as a professional coach, she helps women all over the world rewire their subconscious minds, improve their relationships, attract love and money, and manifest their dreams by empowering them with elite tools. So you're going to love, love, love this episode, and Samantha also has an incredible podcast called Make Shift Happen, so make sure to check her out over there, and we'll see you on the other side. Enjoy. Hello, Sam, and welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. 
yeah, you're joining me from Europe. So it's Friday night there, Friday morning here. Where are you currently living? I'm in Madrid, Spain. I've been here for a little over five years now, um, but I'm initially from the States. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a, a long story as to how I got here. <laughs> Well, maybe we'll get into some of that today, but I'm really excited to have you here and to share your wisdom and your magic with the listeners today. So thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's go. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about lots of different things, including manifestation, really releasing the fear of failure and shifting that. But really a lot of your work has to do with like reprogramming the subconscious mind and shifting your thoughts and beliefs. And I think that's something that, you know, many people have heard about or have, you know, read books about. And I feel like you can never get enough reminders and um, like, coming back to these foundational principles that we're going to be talking about today. So um, for a little bit of background and context, so that everyone knows a little bit more about you and your journey, how did you get to this place of teaching about manifestation and mindset? And maybe give a little bit of a picture of like where you were before you had all of this, these tools and wisdom around your mindset. Yeah, I love that question. So I will try to keep this like concise and brief because I love to talk. <laughs> so I'll try not to go too deep into the story of how I got here, but it is, it was quite a journey. Um, I never really like set out to be a coach or do any of this. It was like totally not on my radar. So I went to college, I got my degree, like I was planning on working in marketing and public relations, was not really like thinking that this was on my path at all. Um, but then I fell in love while I was studying abroad in Spain, which sent me here post-graduation. I decided to turn down my job offers and just buy a one-way plane ticket <laughs> to Spain and see what happened. And so that's kind of how I, I got here. And then my journey into personal development really began from the space of body image because I had been struggling with trying to lose weight and feeling like nothing was working and really like being in a very new space for me at the time of like not liking the way that I looked and not feeling confident and really disliking my body. And so, you know, I was trying to force myself into workouts. I was binging and restricting and all of that. So the place, the entry point for me into personal development was really through how do I heal my body image and how do I get a healthier mindset around this, around what's going on? Because trying to burpee myself into a place of self-love was like not working, right? <laughs> so that's kind of how I got into like the podcasts and the books. And I started expanding my mind and like diving into all of this really incredible information and feeling more into my own spiritual journey. And then I did my yoga teacher training, which was a big uh, influence into, you know, like my spiritual path and the things that I was interested in and just where I was going in life in general. And then that's kind of like where life coaching and all that stuff popped up on my radar. And I was like, wow, this is something that I could really 
do and I could really share all the things that I'm learning and integrating and what's working for me. So that's kind of the the short version of how I ended up in this in this space. Um, and I'm so grateful to that journey, even though it was very like up and down and around and super confusing and there was lots of setbacks in between. But yeah, that's kind of the the general gist of of how we got here. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I love that you decided to listen to your intuition and trust yourself and turn down what seemed to be like an amazing job opportunity where, you know, there was probably a lot of temptation to do the thing that you're supposed to do. And like a lot of pressure probably to do that as well. And then to choose your heart and to trust your intuition and, you know, then continue to follow your path. And I very similarly got into mindset and personal development through the world of nutrition, through the world of health coaching, and then through the world of eating psychology coaching and very much same. Like there's so much that comes to like when you struggle with your body, which most women do and have some sort of negative relationship with your body, there's always a deeper layer of what is your relationship with yourself like, what is your, what are your thoughts? Like, um, how are you talking to yourself? So can you give us like peel back the layer a little bit and tell me a little bit about like when you were in the space of struggling with your body and food, maybe what were some of like the thoughts or the ways that you used to talk to yourself before you started getting into like the personal development and mindset work? Yeah, for sure. And I think this is an important piece of it just for, for people to kind of like see themselves in the journey and understand that they're not alone in that. Cause like you said, I actually don't, um, I don't know any woman personally that hasn't struggled with some form of like negative thoughts around her body, you know, whatever the insecurity is, whether it's weight or something else. Um, I don't, I don't personally know any woman that hasn't <laughs> gone through that. So it's super relevant, obviously. For me, I feel like I was always, I was very hot and cold. So I, like one side of me wanted to like YOLO and live my life and not care and just be happy. And then the other side of me was like, you'll feel better when you look better. And so you need to, you need to work out more. You need to eat cleaner. You can't be eating all these sweets. Like you're eating too much bread. Carbs are bad. Um, your stomach is so fat. You look horrible. Your arms are huge. Like, why do you not have a thigh gap? Like those were like my literal thoughts in my head in that point of my journey. And so I was going through this like super hot and cold of like feeling really negative about how I looked and, you know, trying to like take progress photos in the mirror and measuring all of my points around my body and weighing myself every single day. And the number that came up on the scale was sort of like an indicator of like how my day was going to go. You know, if it was going to be like a good day or if it was going to be a really disappointed day, um, I was forcing myself to work out in times or days where maybe that wasn't actually what my body needed because I was also in university and applying for jobs and going through final exams and there was like objectively a lot of stress and things on my plate. And I was just overriding that and not really listening to my body. So that's kind of um, where my head was at at that point in the journey. And, and then, you know, of course the weekend would come and I'd be like, what is life if you can't 
you know, go out and have fun. Like this is your last year of school. Like you should be drinking. You should be like going to hungover brunch with your friends. Like you should be doing all these things. So then I would go so far to the other deep end and then Monday would hit and I would be, you know, super regretful and remorseful. And then I would go back to trying to restrict myself and be in routine. So I'm sure lots of people Mm. can feel this for themselves, this like hot and cold, like I'm so on or I'm so off. And that was definitely where I was at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And just thinking about like how much pressure that is and how much internal, like how much energy that takes for it to be like so obsessed with our body or with exercise or with the size of our waist and like just so much energy wasted and so much like self-hatred that happens through that process. And, um, it is amazing what happens on the other side when you're no longer spending hours and hours of your day being self-critical or being hard on yourself or worrying about what to eat and all of that. Like there's so much energy that gets freed up when we get out of that, I would say like toxic masculine way of approaching like health and body image. For sure. Yeah. Like the energy piece is huge. Even just you saying that I could like feel a weight lifted off of my chest thinking about just the difference of how I feel now versus how I felt then. Like, yeah, it was all consuming. Mm -hmm. All consuming is the best way that I can really describe it. And yeah, you have so much more energy and spaciousness and lightness when that's not your primary objective and you're not obsessing over all those things all day long, constantly. Yeah. So true. And I, I feel that too, that, that all consumingness was something that, that felt really true for me for a lot of my life as well. So I know a lot of the work that you do is teaching about mindset and the power of the subconscious mind. So for someone who either is having negative thoughts about themselves or keeps having the same thought patterns or feeling really stuck in certain areas of their life, can you explain like, how does the subconscious mind work and how does that affect not only like our health, but all the other areas of our life? For sure. Yeah. So when I first learned about the subconscious mind, it really blew me away and kind of like changed everything. So I love this topic. And I think the the main thing that we have to understand is the magnitude of the subconscious mind, right? So that we can really appreciate what is the point of investigating this further and going deeper and doing the work to try to reframe and rewire the subconscious. And, you know, we have to understand that the subconscious mind is 95% of our overall awareness. So everything that we think that we know and that we're seeing and that we're interpreting and that we're processing is only 5% of our overall awareness. And everything else, the remaining 95% is subconscious programming or what's happening in the subconscious mind. And so it really, that really gives you like a snapshot of how it is this sort of like iceberg effect is how I like to think of it. You know, you see the iceberg on the like from above the water and you're like, wow, that's a really big iceberg. That's like life through our conscious eyes. Right. But what's happening below the iceberg is all of the subconscious programming and things that we don't even know that's going on. That's, that's creating this sort of like autopilot. And so to understand like the magnitude of how the subconscious works, one of the examples that I love to give is I think we've all had the experience at some point or another of driving somewhere and, and excuse me, you arrive and you're like, oh my God, I like 
was daydreaming the entire time I was driving here. I don't even like remember like putting my blinker on or like turning left or like, I wasn't even like thinking about the streets that I was taking to get here. And you're like, wow, that's crazy. And the reason that it's crazy is because your subconscious mind drove you there because it's a route that you've done so many times that you no longer need conscious thought to, to complete that process in your life. And so the same thing happens with the other routes that we run many times over and over being our thoughts mainly. And those get run into really deep, thick neural pathways in the brain. And we can actually run those patterns or those routes on autopilot without even thinking about them, without even knowing that they're happening. And so we go out into the world and we keep getting the same result for something over and over again. And we're like, oh, why isn't this working out for me? Or why isn't this happening? Or I keep trying and trying, but it's not working. And when that is the case, what's most likely happening is that you have some, some con subconscious patterning or some of those thought routes that are being run below the surface on autopilot, completely below your conscious awareness. And those are driving the way that you show up, your behaviors, what you actually see and notice in the world. And therefore it's driving the results that you're getting or the experiences that you're having. Um, and so, you know, the part of the brain that I like to talk about a lot as well is the reticular activating system. So a lot of people, if you've studied like NLP or any of those things, you'll have heard of the reticular activating system. But the way that I like to think about it is either a filter, it's like a, it's like a filtration system, or you can kind of think of it as like your brain's bouncer. It's like the guy that stands at the door and determines like what gets in and, you know, who stays out. And so we program our own reticular activating system with the things that we think, say, and feel most often. And because we think and say and feel these certain things very often, they become part of this filtration system. And they're easily accepted into our space and into our awareness because we've seen them before and we know them and it's familiar and we don't have to do a lot of work to understand them or process them. And so when that happens, then we're kind of shutting our eyes or our mind or our awareness out to the other things that in fact are still available, but we just no longer see that they're available to us because they're not part of our reticular activating system. So an example of this is if you're, we'll take the body example, right? If you're constantly thinking like, I'm so fat, I wish I looked like these other girls. Why isn't my stomach flat? Like I wish I had skinnier arms or thinner thighs or whatever. You have all of these kind of negative body thoughts happening on repeat, when you go out into the world, your reticular activating system is going to be magnetizing or drawing in all the examples and pieces of proof and evidence of why that is true. Because the idea is to always prove your subconscious mind right. One of my favorite sayings is that your subconscious mind will never make you a liar which means that it will always prove you right. So you're going to go out into the world and you're going to see a lot of people that look quote unquote, better than you, whatever that means. You're going to see all the reasons why you're unworthy or why you don't look pretty enough or skinny enough or whatever enough, right? The same thing happens with money beliefs, all of our beliefs, right? And we're blocking out our ability to see, oh, there is opportunity. Oh, there is money. Oh, I am beautiful because it's not part of our programming. So that's the power essentially of the subconscious mind and why it's so deeply important that we saddle up and do this work.
Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. The foundation of understanding that is so important in order to actually start to change the results that you're getting, which is what you're saying. And I see so many people saying, well, I want more money and I want to get a different job and I want to lose weight. And consciously that's what they're saying. But like you said, if there is a subconscious belief that you're not worthy of that, or like, you're not like, you're going to fail at it or whatever the the beliefs are, then like you can say it until you're blue in the face and you can say it for years on end, but you're going to keep going back to the same behaviors, the same thoughts, the same things that actually stop you from getting there. Right. Yeah. And And this is so, that's so important, such a good point. And I was just going to piggyback off of that and say, you know, when people are saying, I want this thing, I want this thing, I want this thing, but it's not showing up the question then to ask, to kind of understand what may be potentially holding me back in the subconscious is, well, why wouldn't you want it? You know, like questioning "Mm, what part of me doesn't want that. We see this a lot in relationships too, like, and, and with money as well. Like I want more money or I want a relationship. And then the question is, well, why wouldn't you want a relationship? And on the surface, we may think, no reason. Like I'm fully ready. I really want a partner. I'm ready to call in my person. Like, of course I want a relationship, but we're going deeper into understanding what parts of relationship may scare you. What parts of relationship may be fearful to you? What are your worries or doubts or uncertainties or fears in relationship that may be the thing that's kind of blocking you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So fascinating how intricate the mind is and how all of these programs are running without us even knowing like this is where I like to call it in coaching, like blind spots, where it's really hard to see your own blind spots. It's really hard to see your own thoughts and the things that are running in the background. Um, It's kind of like if you're on your computer right now and there's like programs running in the background, you can't see them running in the background, but it's happening, right? Um, So this is really, really powerful and important to first understand how the subconscious mind works and then be able to start asking the right questions or working with a mentor and coach who can ask you the right questions to help you shine a light on the things that you can't personally see because it's really hard to see them yourself. Yeah. 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 So I know that you have a formula for manifesting and um, I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, for someone who does really want to make more money or want to be in a relationship or want to feel better about their body, Um, or whatever they're wanting to manifest, if they have these subconscious limiting beliefs that they've been holding on to, or that have been running the show, how do you start to shift those so that you can get the results that you desire? Yeah. So the formula that I love to, that I use myself and that I love to share with my clients is first getting some clarity around what it is that we're seeking. What are we wanting? Where are we going? Right. Painting the vision in a sense. Um, and you know, a lot of times we may not have the full details of where we're going or what we're seeking. Uh, You know, I see a lot of people that this happens to in career, let's say, for example, they're unhappy in their job. They want a new job. They want, you know, something better, but they're not fully aware of like what that something better could be. They're like, I know that I don't want to do this, but I don't really totally know what I do want to do yet. So how do I create clarity? So a little tip for that is to just start to think about how you want to feel in the new job, in that example, right? How do you want to feel waking up and going to that job? How do you want to feel 
it like, is it going to be an in-person thing? Do you want to be working in teams? Do you want to be working alone? Like, do you want to have high responsibility? Do you want to have low responsibility? Like, what is the feeling that you want to get with your coworkers? What are the types of conversations that you want to be having? What are the rooms that you want to be in? Like all those things can start to create clarity, even if you don't know exactly what the company or the job position or the salary is per se. So, but it's an important piece of the, of the process is, getting clear about what you're asking the universe that you would love to receive, right? So clarity is is the first step. And then obviously frequency, you know, if we understand the law of attraction, we need to raise our vibration to match that of which we're trying to attract. And so focusing on all of your personal practices that really allow you to feel high vibe in your life, whatever that means for you, but making that a priority because I think so often when we are seeking a goal or trying to push for something, we can get into that masculine energy of like doing, doing, forcing, pushing, and not really recognize that it's also a priority to be doing the things that are like fun, pleasure, play, dance, whatever brings your vibration up and makes you feel like, ah, I love my life. Like this is great. Yeah. So frequency is another step in the process. Um, and then we have embodiment, which is what other people may call like acting as if, right. Or like playing the part or pretending like you already have it. Right. And that's really being an embodiment of the person that would have that relationship, the person that would have that career, the person that would have that level of money or responsibility or whatever that is. I think a good example here is with money, a lot of people want to manifest more abundance or attract more money into their lives, but they may not actually be embodying the type of person that would have a lot of money because a person that has a lot of money has to be very organized and aware of what's happening with their money, to know their numbers, to know, to be comfortable looking at their bank account and knowing what's going in and what's going out and feeling confident and comfortable speaking about money. So those are all ways that you can start to like integrate being the embodiment of like having more wealth or having more money. Um, and then action, of course, you know, we've got to like do stuff. <laughs> we have to take aligned action, right? So how are you going to get there? Even if it's just one little baby step at a time, you have to be willing to take risks, to put your foot forward, to raise your hand and say, I'll go first, to trust yourself enough to take the leap, even when the landing is not clear. That's a huge piece of the process, which leads me into trust, right? trusting that it's on its way, trusting that it's already coming to you. What is for you will not miss you. You know, whatever kind of higher power you may believe in, source, universe, God, angel, spirit, like trusting that you have that energy on your side and on your team and that you actually are co-creating the dream rather than you putting the dream on your back and being like, okay, let's force this thing now. Right? So we see this a lot where we get into our masculine energy with manifestations. And then we wonder why it's not working. Like I'm doing all the things I'm, I'm, you know, ABCD, this is my morning routine. I'm doing this. I'm taking these action steps. And we're getting very intensely masculine with like the lists and the check boxes and what we need to be doing. And that's when the, the trust piece comes in and we have to activate that more feminine energy that allows us to surrender the vision and believe that it's on its way and say, this or something better, I trust that it's coming to me.
Mm-hmm. Amazing. So clear. And I'm sure if you're listening to this while you're driving, like make a note at what time this is and come back and take some notes because this process works. It is like a foundational manifestation process that we see in so many different manifestation books. And if you follow it, it really, really works. And I love the last piece around surrender. And another piece that I would love to add there is like releasing the grip of attachment. So the opposite of trust is control is, um, and and like gripping on grabbing on and like needy energy and feeling like you're not going to be okay without it. Or like, when is it coming? Why isn't it here yet? Like all of that type of grabby energy is really saying, okay, I don't trust that the universe has my back. I don't trust that there is a greater force that is going to bring it to me. It actually blocks the manifestation. Like it's uh, like, I've heard it described as like a kink in a hose where it's like, cool, you have this direct line to source energy. You have like whatever you want is actually already on its way to you and you're tuning your frequency to it. But then as soon as you start to get graspy and get disappointed and get frustrated that it's not here yet, you actually like block that line. You, you, you like put a kink in the hose and it can't flow to you in the same way. So um, I feel like that last piece is such a um, journey and such a process. Like whenever the thoughts come in around like, oh shit, it hasn't happened yet. Or when's it going to happen? Like it is an, uh, a, a daily practice and a moment by moment practice to be like, oh, okay. Like I notice I'm controlling. I notice that I'm trying to grab onto this. Like how can I release and surrender and like come back to that place of trust and faith, which I think in time gets easier because in my experience, like there's been so many times, even taking the leap gets easier. Like it's never easy. It always feels scary. But when you start to develop evidence over time where you have personal examples where you're like, well, I did the thing that made absolutely no sense at all. And like, it worked and like doors opened up for me that I didn't even see were there. And like, I, I, I'm somewhere that I didn't think was even possible, you know? Um, but it does take that time to, to build that trust with yourself and with the universe. And I believe that the further you get into your spiritual practices, um, like it does get easier over time. Yeah. You're sort of like proving to yourself that you'll be okay. Because when you initially start, you're like, I don't know if I'll be okay without this thing. Like, how can I, how can I let go? Mm -hmm. And then you learn, oh, by taking the leap and letting go, I actually receive what I desire or maybe even something better than I was desiring, something that I couldn't even see. That happens a lot too. You know, we're like, why isn't it coming? Why isn't it coming? And it's because the thing that you're waiting to manifest is not even actually as big of a blessing as the thing that's coming down the line, right? Which is why I always say like this or something better. And that piece that you mentioned about non-attachment is yeah, being unattached to it being the exact way that you need it to be because it could be so much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for people who are just starting out on their manifestation journey or like who want to cultivate more trust and belief that it's possible, one of the things that really helped me was borrowing belief by reading books and seeing examples of people who have successfully gotten to the other side of the leap or who have successfully achieved the goals and like 
really seeing, okay, well, if it was possible for them, it's possible for me. And I remember when I was going through my divorce process and I was like deciding, like, am I going to stay in this relationship? Am I going to completely change my life for something that is completely unknown and made up in my mind? Like, is this possible? And then I remember reading, um, Melissa Ambrosini had a book that I was reading and there was like one page in this book. And like, this book was guided to me in that moment. And it was like, word for word, like exactly what happened to her when she left a really serious relationship and was like living with this man. And then she, you know, decided that and listened to her intuition and trusted and moved out. And it was really, really challenging. And then she shared everything that unfolded on the other side for her. And I was like, wow, like, you know, she just described exactly what I believe is possible, but like, I haven't ever experienced that because I've never taken a leap in my life, not especially not to this magnitude. And so we can borrow from other people um, in a way to like uh, collect evidence in your mind that it's possible for you too. Yeah. She was like an expander for you. Yes. A person, a person that expands your consciousness in a new way because they, prove to you that something is possible. Seeing to believe is really, really helpful, especially because a lot of what we're typically taught in manifestation is believe it to see it, right? Like hold the vision in your mind, think about it really hard, do the vision board and then see it in your mind and then you'll see it in reality, which is, you know, part of it. But if you can find those expanders and those people that are physical evidence that you can actually see with your eyes of like, oh, it actually is possible. It actually works. That helps speed up the process a lot as well too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. I wanted to go back to one of the steps, which is action, which is where I see a lot of people getting stuck. And um, I know that, you know, people can feel afraid of failure or not feel like they're worthy of receiving what they desire, or maybe they have a lot of self-doubt, like, you know, can I actually do this? So in that action space, there's a lot that can, you know, block someone from actually taking those baby steps forward or big steps forward. So what would you share about like fear of failure or self-doubt that comes up in that specific phase? Yeah, I think what happens so often is that we create this idea that all of our decisions are extremely permanent. And so this idea of like permanence in our mind really messes with us being able to actually make the decision or take the leap or accept the level of risk that's involved. And so a lot of times when we're making a decision, we feel as though there's like two doors in front of us of like, I could do this or I could do this. It's door A and it's door B. And we think like, but if I choose door A, then what if what's behind door B was like better and it's what I was supposed to do. And then I'm totally disappointed and everything is ruined. And then we feel the same way about door B. We're like, and what if I go down door B? And then it turns out I should have done door A and I'm totally like, you know, disappointed and I'm on the wrong path now. And we have like such black and white thinking when it comes to making big decisions for our lives and believing that one decision is completely and wholly right. And another decision is completely and wholly wrong. And I think that's like where we go wrong the most is creating this idea of permanence and believing that it has to be just one of the two options. When the truth is that either door, either option that you take 
will lead you eventually to the place that you're supposed to go. One of the doors may be like a little bit more of a scenic route, who knows, right? But if you open the quote unquote wrong door, you're not going to be like screwed, right? You're going to learn a lesson. Something's going to come up for you. That's going to spark something in you, a realization, a learning, a deeper understanding. And you're going to be like, oh, okay. I actually want to do this, or I feel like this would be more aligned. And then you'll take the next step and you'll open the next door and all kind of all, all roads lead to Rome or whatever, right? Like you're going to get there. So not putting so much pressure on this one decision is going to determine whether I'm happy in life or whether I'm miserable forever. And so the, the biggest thing that I see when it comes to taking action and breaking through fear and doubt is a lack of self-trust. That's the sort of root issue that we want to touch on because the problem is likely that you just don't trust yourself that you'll be able to figure it out right? You're like, oh, I feel like this could be a thing, you know? Like I want to I want to go in this direction. I want to try this thing. I want to take this leap. I want to make this risk. But you don't fully trust yourself. You don't fully trust that you'll be able to figure it out if it doesn't work out the way that you were thinking or hoping or expecting. Maybe you don't trust yourself to really like fully go into it and commit to it and be fully there. So the self-trust piece is the biggest part, I think, when it comes to breaking through fear and doubt. Mm, so powerful. Yeah. And I trust that, you know, everyone who's listening to this podcast is resourceful, that either you do know the answer if something, you know, isn't, doesn't turn out how you want it to, or you have the resources to ask or to research or to find someone else who can support you in finding the answers. Like, I trust that you are intelligent enough, that you are capable enough, and that you're resourceful enough to figure it out. And an example is like, well, if you've gotten to where you are today, you have figured something out. Like you can trust yourself that you've made it to where you are today. So like, um, and, and I do believe too, that all of like the challenges and the lessons that we've learned throughout our lives actually prepare us for these moments where we're in those, oh shit moments. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I've been in something similar like this before, or I learned this lesson in a different way before. Like, let me pull out that. What did I learn from that? Um, you know, and, and I think all of the people that we've met all throughout our lives are also intended for a reason. Like when you get to these big places of taking a leap, like I believe that you've been preparing for this in a lot of ways, even though maybe unknowingly, but like all of the challenges that you've had have prepared you to, for this place of like being ready to do it and being ready to, um, you know, do something that you've never done before, but that doesn't mean that you're not ready. Like you're fully equipped. And, um, yeah, I think that self-trust is something that, especially for women and, and the way that I teach this too, which I think is so important is like, it's not your fault that you don't trust yourself. Like we grow up in a culture and a society and like, as children, we outsource our power and we outsource our trust for other people telling us how to do things, what to do, et cetera. And so like coming back to trusting yourself and also cultivating a deeper sense of trust with the universe um, is also a big part of that as well. So I absolutely 
loved everything that you shared today today sam thank you so much i love how articulate you are i love how intelligent you are and also just bringing in like a really fun energy when it comes to some topics that for some people can feel like a little bit more rigid or a little bit more like um like it feels like it's really hard like i just really really love your approach to creating, you know, these new thoughts and beliefs and manifesting a life that you love. So thank you for being here. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. And I also want to highlight like how beautifully you brought in like the masculine and feminine into this process as well, because I know that everyone who's listening is wanting to learn more and more about how that applies to, to their life. So Thank you. Thank you. And um, I know that you have a beautiful program coming up for entrepreneurs. So if you want to share just a little bit about what it is, where people can find out more information and for anyone who wants to follow you and um, get to know you more, where they can find you. Yeah. Thank you. So the program that I'm birthing into the world very soon is called Aligned and Ambitious. And like you said, it's for entrepreneurs, it's for coaches, people who are in the spiritual space wanting to heal and provide some sort of service that they know will help elevate the consciousness of the world or help make people's lives better in a sense, and they want to scale their impact and their income. So I'm so excited to bring this to anybody who feels like they may need it. Um, it's not fully ready yet, but it will be soon. So if you guys just want to come and hang out with me on Instagram, my handle is underscore Samantha Daily. All the updates and things will be over there. Um, and yeah, I have my own podcast called Makeshift Happen if you want to tune in as well. And yeah. Amazing. So exciting. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. And we'll make sure to include all of the links in the show notes as well. Beautiful. Thank you, Amy. Thanks again for joining me for this episode of the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I am so grateful to have you here in my podcast community. If you have not already downloaded my free Empowered Feminine Morning Ritual, head on over to the show notes from today's show and you can click the link and download it there. It is a beautiful 20-minute audio guide to support you in getting connected to your feminine energy and feeling empowered throughout your day. All right, we'll see you in the next episode. Be sure to head on over to leave a rating and a review on iTunes and share this episode on your social media by tagging me at Amy Natalie Co. and sharing the screenshot in your stories. Have a beautiful rest of your day. We'll see you in the next episode.